So here we are, the end of 2023, and we are going to send it off with a reboot. You had several episodes that you all were big fans of, Reproductive Rebel, this year, and Seed Cycling was one of your top choices. So here we are with a reboot of our Seed Cycling episode where we take a look at how you can eat different seeds with different phases of your cycle to improve menstrual health. Happy holidays, everyone, and I hope you have a wonderful new year. Hi, I'm Adrian Irizarry. I'm an Eastern medicine practitioner who is passionate about women's health and helping women live their best lives. My goal is to put you in the driver's seat of your health, offering period solutions for a symptom-free life. Statements made in this program are for educational purposes only and not intended as a substitution for medical consultation or advice. We do not claim to diagnose, treat, or cure any diseases. This podcast is inclusive and welcomes all gender identities. The focus of the program is on biological function and we will use the term women throughout, but it is referencing physiological and social challenges for biology, not identity. Come as you are, I am happy you're here and welcome all performances of identity. I hope you find something helpful in this show. Welcome back to another episode of the Reproductive Rebel Podcast. I am your hostess, Adrian Irizarry, and today we are going to be talking about seed cycling. Seed cycling is the question I get very often, both in regular social conversation as well as from members in my practice. So I thought that it would be really good to do an episode on what seed cycling is and how you can use it to support the health of your entire cycle. So a lot of times when the concept of seed cycling comes up, a lot of times it's in conversation with people who are fertility focused, meaning that they're on a journey to get pregnant and have a baby. But anyone can use seed cycling to support all of the needs of their cycle so that you have a better expression and you have fewer symptoms throughout the month and a less symptomatic period. So what is seed cycling? Seed cycling is the practice of eating specific seeds during the two main phases of your cycle to promote healthy balance of both estrogen and progesterone. So if you weren't joining us earlier on in the season, I went through and did like an overview of the cycle and then a little bit of a deeper dive into each of the four phases of the cycle. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to those episodes, I would highly recommend going back and checking out some of the early episodes in season two because we cover what all of these phases are and what they do. It will make this episode make a lot more sense. So welcome. If you are somebody who is new to listening to the show, I'm so glad that you're here. There's been a lot of really great stuff that's come out this season, so be sure to check out some of the earlier episodes. And if you have been along for this ride since the beginning, thank you so much for being here. And let's dive into seed cycling. So what is seed cycling good for? 
it helps to support fertility. So like I said, a lot of times this comes up in conversation because people are fertility focused and they are trying to have a baby and they want to support their body the best way possible. I find that a lot of people don't start turning their attention to the health of their menstrual cycle until they decide that they want to try to have a baby. And a lot of times they're already in the process of trying when they start making some of these changes. So this is one of those areas that, you know, if we look at our period like a vital sign, there's a really great book by Lisa Hendrickson Jack. I would highly recommend checking out The Fifth Vital Sign. Fabulous book if you're looking to have a little bit more information about, you know, how to look at your period as a vital sign. But we really should be starting to look at our period as a marker of our health instead of only a means to get pregnant or something to be feared because we don't want to have a baby. Okay. So, when we're thinking about seed cycling, we're looking at supporting the health of the entire execution of your hormonal month. So like I said, a lot of times people do start looking at it when they are looking to support their fertility because, again, it helps to balance things out. And it does boost fertility. For those of you that hear that boost fertility and go, oh, no, girl, I am not ready to have a baby. That is okay. Supporting your fertility actually makes it easier for you to figure out when you're fertile and when you're not because your biomarkers are a lot clearer. So it makes it that much easier for you to prevent pregnancy. So don't be afraid of doing things that boost your fertility because it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get pregnant. What it means is that you're going to have a much clearer idea when you look at your body and the signs that it's giving you, am I fertile or am I not? Makes it much easier to plan or prevent pregnancy. Seed cycling is fabulous for easing menopausal symptoms. Women, we are seeing a huge number of you hitting that perimenopausal mark, myself included. So there are a lot of us that are stepping into that. Am I going through early menopause? Am I perimenopausal? There's a lot of gray around this particular topic, I find. And a lot of women question and usually they start questioning late 30s, early 40s. Am I perimenopausal? My cycle starting to act really weird. I feel really weird. My emotions are kind of all over the place. What's going on? Seed cycling is very supportive for easing this perimenopausal transition and the transition through menopause. It does help to reduce symptoms. So if this is a stage of your life that you're finding yourself in, seed cycling is really supportive for you. Another thing that it does is reduce PMS. So remember that emotional stuff that I was just talking about? Well, whether it's tied to your luteal phase and going into your period or you're finding that you're having an uptick in emotional volatility as a result of the stage of life that you're in, you will find relief from a lot of these symptoms integrating seed cycling into your life. So seed cycling can also be really helpful when you're transitioning off of birth control. Or if you're struggling with post-birth control syndrome, did you know there was such a thing? There is. I see a lot of women in my practice that they're like, yep, I've decided that I want to get off of birth control, but I'm terrified what my period's going to look like after I do that. Or it's something like, I know I feel disgusting 
taking hormonal birth control. I want to transition off. I'm feeling really yucky making that transition. There are a lot of symptoms that people see when you transition off of birth control. I've heard allopathic doctors, OBGYNs, say go off of birth control after one cycle. You're, you know, everything should go back to normal and you should be able to try to get pregnant if fertility is your goal. And that's not true. It's not true. How long you've been taking it does affect how quickly you start ovulating again, how deep this post-birth control syndrome symptoms can be. These are things like acne that pops up after you stop taking birth control, irregular periods, missing periods, heightened levels of PMS. So, you know, there are symptoms when you're transitioning off of birth control. And don't let anybody tell you that there isn't. They are in varying degrees for different people. How long you've been on it, you know, what your diet's like, that type of stuff can affect the way that this shows up. But people do have a quote unquote detoxing process once they come off of birth control. And seed cycling, along with other natural approaches like steaming, like acutonics, like herbs, can ease this transition so that it's not quite a you know, bump and skid on your face type of situation. If you aren't familiar with the phases of the cycle, okay? So like I said at the beginning, we did a little bit deeper dive earlier in this season about it. So be sure to check out episode three for the overview and episodes four through seven that give a little bit deeper information about each phase, okay? So seed cycling is a pretty simple concept. What you do is for the follicular phase of your cycle. So if you remember, that is when you're menstruating and between the end of your bleed and when you ovulate. So that whole section of your cycle is the follicular phase. You just have this little like small chapter, let's call it, at the very beginning of the follicular phase, an event at the beginning of the follicular phase. The same thing happens in the luteal phase. You have a little event, which is ovulation, at the start of the luteal phase. But ovulation marks the transition between your follicular phase, which is all about substance. You lose substance and then you rebuild substance and prepare yourself for ovulation. Then after ovulation, and ovulation is an energetic event, and then everything else after that is energetic and heat related, okay? So this is why in previous episodes we talked about the follicular phase being the yin phase. It's all about substance. And then The luteal phase is the yang phase. It's about energy and heat and movement, okay? So when you're in the follicular phase, days one through approximately 14, okay? So everybody ovulates on a different day. This is where learning how to track your cycle is very helpful, but I'm just going to give kind of broad generalizations in terms of the days, okay? So on average people will ovulate around day 14. It could honestly be anywhere from 12 to 17. But for the illustrative purposes of this conversation, we're going to use day 14 as the benchmark. Like I said, talk to a fertility awareness educator. Reach out to me. I'm happy to teach you a little bit more about how to figure out when you're ovulating. But days one through approximately 14, which is your follicular phase, this is where things like flax, 
and pumpkin seeds are going to be really supportive. So like one to two tablespoons of ground flax or one to two tablespoons of, of pumpkin seeds. Flax contain lingons. I think I pronounced that correctly. <laughs> which bind to estrogen. Pumpkin seeds are high in zinc, which support progesterone production in the second half of the cycle. So there's a lot of really awesome research out there that supports flax, helping to lengthen the luteal phase, actually improve ovulation and reduce PMS symptoms. So if we're properly supporting ourselves in the first half, what it does is it sets us up for su success in the second half of our cycle. So this is where I go back to episode three, and we were talking about the fact that supporting ourselves through the entire month sets us up for less symptoms at the period. Well, here is a great example of how you can be proactive about supporting that. So you are using flax to not only support the needs of the follicular phase, but also set you up for success in the luteal phase. So zinc is important for the formation of the corpus luteum and the uterus. The corpus luteum, as you may remember from earlier conversations, is responsible for producing progesterone and the thickening of the uterine lining to prepare for implantation. Okay, so your body's always trying to get you pregnant, whether that is your emotional and physical goal or not. Your body is always trying to get you pregnant. So supporting its ability to do that helps you to feel more balanced. It helps you to be healthier. It helps your, your bone density. It helps so many things. So flax and pumpkin seeds are rich in omega-3 fatty acids. Omega-3s promote blood flow to the uterus. They increase progesterone secretion and they help to maintain healthy cell membranes. All right. So Flax or pumpkin seeds. My personal favorite is flax. I tend to use flax from day one until ovulation pretty regularly. One of my issues with recurrent miscarriage actually has to do with the progesterone side of my cycle. And I found a significant lengthening. It, me personally, I've seen it in my clients too, with my luteal phase. So when the luteal phase is in my personal experience, less than 13 days. I know that there are successful pregnancy outcomes with people who have luteal phases that are 11 or 12 days, but I have personally seen success in gestation of a pregnancy when people have 13 to 15 day luteal phases. They could be as long as 17. The longer they are actually, the higher your success rate in terms of carrying your pregnancy to term. It's really the people who are like under 13 days that I tend to make this recommendation for, but everyone can benefit from this. It's not going to cause an abnormal lengthening in your cycle, for example. It's just going to help support it with the tools that it needs in the timing that it needs in order for optimal functioning to happen. So once you have ovulation, let's say that's day 15, for example. So day 15 until the end of your cycle when the red blood starts again and that marks the beginning of the next cycle. This is where one to two tablespoons of sunflower seeds or one to two tablespoons of sesame seeds are very supportive. Sesame seeds and sunflower seeds both help to promote progesterone production. My personal favorite are black sesame seeds because from a Chinese medicine perspective, black foods help to support kidneys. Kidneys support fertility. So when I reach for sesame seeds, 
I tend to reach for the black ones and I sprinkle them on everything. I put them on salads. I put them over my salmon. Like it doesn't matter. I love the black sesame seeds personally. I mix them into my oatmeal. Like that's how I practically apply this in the the luteal phase of my cycle. So Sesame seeds are rich in zinc, which help to produce progesterone, but also contain lignans. So remember, we were talking about lignans and flaxseed. Sesame seeds also produce or also contain lignans. And generally, when things are darker in color, like flax is darker in color, black sesame seeds are darker in color, they have more lignans. That helps to block excess estrogen while progesterone rises. There is research that shows that sesame seeds are beneficial for postmenopausal women improving blood lipid, antioxidants, and sex hormones. So even if you aren't cycling any longer, you still can reap the benefits from including sesame seeds into your diet. I would advocate again for the black because they support the kidneys and the kidneys are also tied to your longevity. So if you are postmenopausal and you want to start pulling this into your repertory, I would recommend the black simply because, again, you're also supporting that kidney chi, which is going to help the aging process as well. So sunflower seeds are high in vitamin E and selenium. This combination not only boosts progesterone production, but selenium helps to detox the liver of excess estrogen. So. Personally, I really love flax in the first half of my cycle. And like I said, I use the black sesame seeds in the second half. Research shows that vitamin E, omega-3s, and omega-6s are found in pumpkin, sesame, sunflower, and flax seeds. And that all of these things are essential for hormone production and follicular function. So if your period is missing or it's irregular, that's not a problem. You can still start to employ this. You can use the moon as your guide. You can use your last period when it arrived, and you can take one for several weeks and then switch to the other. Personally, I like the moon as a guideline because that changes in a very cyclical way and women's bodies are very in aligned with the moon cycle. So if you are having a regular periods or missing periods, whether that is going through the menopausal transition or they're absent for other reasons, If you use the moon phases, so for example, the new moon as the beginning of your month until day 14 at the or right around the full moon. Okay, so new moon to full moon, eat pumpkin seeds or flax seeds. And then from the full moon until the next new moon, which would be kind of symbolically like the start of a cycle you would incorporate sunflower seeds and sesame seeds. So it's very easy to begin to integrate this into your life as a regular practice. One little thing that you add to your breakfast or you add to another meal that can have a really big impact on how your emotions show up through the month, how your energy shows up through the month, how your hormones show up for you to reduce symptoms all throughout. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Reproductive Rebel. Reproductive Rebel is recorded by certified peristeam hydrotherapist and acutonics practitioner, herbalist, and Chinese nutritional therapist, Adrian Irizari of Moon Essence, LLC. 
If you are interested in setting up an appointment for one-on-one support, ordering from our store, or checking out our course offerings, visit our website at moonessence.life. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter and get insider information on upcoming events and offerings. Join the conversation, like and follow us at Moon Essence Me on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Your voices make this program possible. Thank you all for your continued support.